What is the difference between a dirt bike and a BMX bike? June's manicure saga continues, and how to deal with losing your hair. All this and more on today's mini episode. Hit the theme! Pause on the mic. Give you some advice. Tell you all the things he likes on a mini episode of Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to a How Did This Get Made mini episode. This is where I tell you all the info that you need for next week's episode and where you tell me all the things that we missed from last week's episode, which, of course, was the Peter Billingsley classic, The Dirt Bike Kid. Man, oh man, uh, you had a lot to say about The Dirt Bike Kid, and I learned my lesson about dirt bikes and BMX bikes. I thank you all. I'll never think about it again, but you did open my eyes to uh, dirt bike culture, which was not a part of my life growing up uh, outside of New York City on Long Island. Um, A big thank you to Marty Finkel. Marty Finkel created the theme for today's episode. I like the name Marty Finkel. It feels like a Martin Short character, so I feel very indebted to you. Um, All right. So much stuff is going on, but if you're in Los Angeles... um, I hope you come out next Thursday to Largo because my improv team, this is an improv team that I've been performing with for, God, 16 years and longer if you start counting uh, the time that I perform with them in New York. Uh, we do a show and we used to do this show at UCB uh, called Facebook, it was originally called MySpace. And now we kind of, we we're going to call the show Bitcoin, but we decided maybe we should just move out of uh, names that will date us. And we are now calling ourselves Dinosaur. Every month at Largo, we will be popping up there next Thursday at 8.30 p.m., a group of people that you will uh, undoubtedly enjoy, uh, plus special guests. Uh, last month, we had Carl Tart and Mary Holland. This month, uh, from Superstore, Colton Dunn. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, come out to Largo on the 23rd if you are in Los Angeles. And if you've not gotten a chance yet to check out Star Trek Lower Decks, um, I dare you. I fucking dare you. <laughs> No, I don't dare you. I mean, look, it's another service. Do you need Paramount Plus? Personally, I think there's some pretty good stuff on Paramount Plus. But if you're not, you know, I don't want to make you go out of your way here, but I think you'll like it. And if you don't want to go out of your way, it's available in other ways. Not illegal ways. I'm talking about legal ways. I have a DVD right here on my shelf of Star Trek Lower Decks. It's not this season, season one. I'm getting too in the weeds about this. Uh, All I want to say is this season is fantastic. So check out Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. And people, all right, let's get right into it. Uh, It's time for me to help you. That's right. You have problems. I think I have solutions. I am excited to hear your problems right now on a little something I like to call the Paul Helpline. to call 619-A-A-U-L-S or ask your choice. Thank you, Tyler Mann. Great songs this week. Killing it on the songs. All right, um, here we go. 
I'm going to just hear these. I'm going to give you, I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling like I have some good advice inside. Let's get it out. Boom. First one up, anonymous caller, which means the two of us, we can just go at it because you know what? We don't know who you are. You don't, well, I guess you know who I am, but anyway, it works. All right, here we go. Hey, Paul, Liam calling you. Uh, So pandemic, everything going on in the world. uh, What do you do uh, to uh, just decompress, to keep positive? Um, You and June, you know, you guys have kids, you uh, have a family life. um, And I'm not talking professionally, creatively. What do you do to kind of, uh, you know, get turn that frown upside down? Uh, also, uh, what do you do? Uh, do you have a mantra when you wake up in the morning and feel, you know, you might not wake, wake up on the wrong side of the bed, not feeling so good. What do you, what do you look in the mirror and tell yourself? Uh, appreciate the help. Uh, love the show. Bye. Wow. This is actually a great question. Um, I don't have a mantra. I don't have a mantra. Should I have a mantra? Is that, is that an LA thing? Um, I mean, well, when I meditate, I have a mantra. I wish I meditated more, but I don't do it as much as I would like to. I mean, where are you going to find 40 minutes in a day? I got two kids. Um, But I do do it uh, when I need to do it, and it helps me a lot. So in those moments, I have a mantra. But when I wake up in a shitty mood, I got to tell you, I ride that shitty mood. I do. I ride it. It's okay. Sometimes I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't don't try to shake it off. Um, Maybe I should. I've been watching a lot of TikToks and people have a lot of positive things. I'll tell you the one thing that has been helping me a lot, which is when I go to bed, to go to bed thinking of all the amazing things in your life, things that you're happy about, things that you are excited for, just fill those thoughts as you close your eyes with the most positive, uh, wonderful ideas. And I've been doing that and I know it sounds so, uh, like whatever, but it does, it makes me sleep better. I wake up in a better mood. Um, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say stave off the bad morning by starting when you go to bed. Um, also what do I do for fun? I got to tell you, um, and not to sound like, uh, what was me? Because I love it. My family is my fun. I mean, truly my family is my fun. But if I really was going to tell you, like, I don't have like much time for hobbies in the sense that, uh, you know, there's not like much free time, which is a bummer. I would love to be, you know, lounging in bed, watching movies and TV shows, uh, you know, taking an easy Sunday, but that is not open to me anymore. I miss it, but I also love like going to a pumpkin patch. We're getting into pumpkin patch season, people. I'm getting, I already, I already have a, this weekend, I'm going to a fucking pumpkin patch. Yeah, that's the kind of shit that I get into. Counting beans inside some sort of big tub. I do that. County fairs, bring me to them. Um, I love taking photos. Um, and I have different cameras. I bring out different cameras, try to take photos a lot. That's a good hobby. I love playing NBA 2K22 right now. Uh, is that a hobby or is that a waste of time? I don't know, but I like playing video games. Um, I like watching good shit. I watch a lot of shit for this show and for Unspooled. Uh, so I like when I can actually just enjoy something that I don't have to 
report on at all. Um, and, you know, I think if I had my like ultimate pick of what I would do, it would just be hang out with people that I like, my friends, hang out. That's it. Like that to me, it's not a hobby, but it's something I really, truly look forward to. And um, yeah, that that's what I would say. I hope that that was good enough. I, I, you know, I feel like I don't have enough stuff at my disposal. I'd like to be reading more. I have a stack of books by my bed. That's embarrassing. Um, but uh, I do, <laughs> I do like reading when I get a chance. Um, all right. Next question. This one goes uh, to, well, it doesn't go to, it goes to me, but it is from M in New York. Hi, Paul. This is M in your old stomping grounds of New York City. Um, quick question about a sort of theory I have. I have noticed that on more than a few episodes, you, June, and Jason have said that you have cried at a few scenes during various movies that have surprised the audience. Now, that is not a judgment. I cry at everything. But... Um, I've noticed that people who are not as stupidly weepy as I am have also succumbed to tears when they watch the in-flight movies. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on in-flight movies affecting emotion. Is it possibly that we're just jet-lagged? Is it an oxygen thing? Is it, I don't know what it is. Or is it all on my mind? Anyway, just curious about your thoughts. Take care, and thanks. Um, M, you have totally hit upon something that I, I believe in wholeheartedly. I don't know if the movie Chef is good, but I'll tell you, when I watched that shit on a plane, I cried. I don't know why I cried at John Favreau's Chef. It doesn't feel like a movie where I should be crying, but I did cry. Um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, look, I can cry at the, I, I, I revel in it now. Like I used to be embarrassed. Like I'm crying at this. Now I'm like, bring it on. Like, let's, let's get it going. I was, uh, if I'm not crying once or twice in something, it's not working for me. I gotta, I gotta get those, uh, I gotta get those tears out, man. I gotta get those tears out. Um, yeah. So, um, Yeah. That that's what I would say. I would say definitely airplane, and I don't think it's about. Um, I think it's about altitude. I think your body is off. I think a lot of people apparently. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna embar- I'm not gonna lie. People fart on airplanes, right? It doesn't mean they have to be stinky farts. They fart. Your body's off. You're crying. You're getting you're getting things out of your body. I I, I think that I think that uh, I think that flights. It's a whole nomad's land. It it like who knows what's going on. Not a nomad land not the not the movie not the academy award-winning movie uh it's a no man's land um all right so that's what i got i agree with you and then um oh lee lee has a a serious question so buckle up for this hi my name is lee from livermore california uh 45 minutes away from san francisco in case you're wondering i'm losing my hair i'm 35 it's getting real bad like it's noticeable now and um I've tried Rogaine and it just, it gives me extreme itchiness and dandruff and my skin doctor retired last year. I don't know. What, what would you do? Should I just, I don't think I have the the proper face to go completely shaved head, Jason Statham, but I don't know. I'm running out of options here. Um, 
any help would be useful. You're in the biz. I'm sure you know people that have gotten hair surgery plants. I don't know what they're called. I'm just having a rough time. Lee, what a great question to ask, especially on Bald is Beautiful Week. Well, I mean, I guess it was Bald is Beautiful Day. That was uh, this past Tuesday uh, or Monday. I don't know. One of those days. Um, But dude, dude, don't. First of all, make me a promise. Make me a promise that you do not get hair transplant surgery unless you are going to a person who has done a person that you don't know has had work done. Does that make sense? So look, I'm a bald man. Many people come to me with their bald issues as if I have been through this. I have not. I never thought about getting um, a hair transplant. I used Rogaine for a little bit and I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? It felt weird. It felt like I was like putting like, um, I don't know, like sap on my head. It was a very bizarre, you know, like rubbing in sap. It was, and then I did keep some hair and then it was like, but also like wispy. Who wants that? Um, but anyway, uh, because I am a bald man, I get told a lot of a bald man secrets. And uh, I recently was talking to somebody who got, um, well, here's a number for you. $12,000, a $12,000 hair transplant. And that was their second or third. So this is, you know, we're talking about a, you know, let's say a minimum $50,000 investment. And they said, oh yeah, the person who did me does blank. And I was like, whoa, blank has that? And so that's what you, that's the level that you need it to be coming from. You can't be going to someplace wherever you're from. I know you're outside of, San Francisco, but we gotta we gotta get you to the 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 tip of the tip, the tip of the top. Um, not the place that Jason Alexander went. By the way, I can talk about that for days. Please ask me to show you some Jason Alexander uh, <laughs> video. <laughs> oh man, I could I could do that. I I just literally cornered somebody about Jason Alexander and his whole hair system, which is what he calls it. And the, oh, it's so good. Okay. Anyway, uh, don't do that. Secondly, you say you don't look good bald or you're not sure you're going to look good bald. I challenge that. Um, There are very few men who are bald that look bad. I think the transition is rough. You are not used to it. I would say my big thought to you, first of all, is listen to the podcast bald talk bald talk is a great show it is brian husky and charlie sanders two great bald men interviewing bald men about how they are bald so they could have on jeff bezos and they wouldn't talk about amazon they would talk about his baldness um and that is a great show i love it so much you'll learn a lot there but my uh, rule of thumb is cut it short get it short don't try to be like i'm gonna keep it long nice and tight Pick a style, pick a thing, go Statham, which, uh, or, you know, or, or give yourself that like halo, whatever that is, or, you know, is it a monk cut? I don't know. There's a lot of rules to follow, but no one's talking about them. Bald talk does, and you can listen in and dive in. You will look good bald. You will figure out your look. You will get it. But I do agree with you. You need to have some sort of hair. I think you do need hair on your face at one point. You can't just be totally, I mean, I've gone both ways. 
I'm, uh, you need something. You need something to balance it out. I think. I think you do. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, thank you for all your calls. Remember, call me at any time, 619 P A U L A S K. That's 619 Paul Ask. And Lee, I got to tell you, I, f- I feel for your brother. Uh, you will get through this. You will get through it and you'll be good. Just ask people who are bald. They're going to be more than willing to share their advice because they have been there and no one talks about it. There's no secret bald society. Only people going bald talking. To people who are bald, and then I can't help you. Anyway, um, we love all these themes. We love all these calls. We love having you be a part of this episode. And if you want to create a theme for the show, please do it. Send it to how did this get made at earwolf.com. 30 seconds or less, please. Brevity is the soul of wit. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Now, before we tell you what we are preparing for next week, let's go back and look at all the things that we might have dropped the ball on from last week's episode. That's right. We are going to talk a lot about bikes, different kinds of bikes, Peter Billingsley, the origin of names. We're going to break it all down in regards to the dirt bike kid. So without any further ado, hit the theme. Corrections. Omissions. Corrections and Thank you, Golden Hour, for that corrections and omissions theme. That's right. We have gone on to the Discord. We have listened to the voicemails. And here we go with our best comments, questions, and useless pieces of information. Dr. Guts 1003. Thank you, Dr. Guts, for being here. Uh, Throughout the movie, there are exterior shots of Jack's house, and there's a Hodgkin's Realty for sale sign in Jack's front yard. Given that they are supposedly down to their last $50, this would suggest they are possibly in danger of losing their house. Wouldn't this have been a better motivation for the film's central plot? Oh, fuck yeah, Dr. Guts. Good call. The audience would have been more invested in seeing Jack's take on Hodgkins in an effort to save his own house than the hot dog store. Or if you want to keep the hot dog store aspect in the story, why not have Hodgkins threaten to take Jack's house away if he doesn't stop harassing him about the hot dog store? Dr. Guts, all I can say to you is you're a goddamn genius. Let's go back and remake this movie. Uh, no, you're right. That The hot dog store was such a bizarre like weird tangent. I mean, this movie does not make sense in the way that we understand films to make sense. It's a very magical childlike reality. Um, again, Jack and the Beanstalk start, but that's about it. Um, you're right. It would have been way better if his house was part of the problem. Uh, Joe Tangello writes, I'll try to clear up the confusion about dirt bikes. Dirt bikes are basically motorcycles that are designed to be ridden off-road. They are lighter, made mostly of plastic and not street legal. So no mirrors or turn signals and no lights, which makes it weird that the bike in the movie had lights. Dirt bikes, well, they needed an eye, I guess. Um, Okay, so dirt bikes also, like motorcycles, have manual transmissions, so you need to shift gears. Mopeds are slower and made for street cruising and usually don't require you to shift gears. And lastly, BMX bikes are bicycles that you pedal and that are made to be ridden off-road. Joe Tangello, you did succinctly what we tried to do uh, very complexly 
complexly? Is that it? No. All right. In the show. Here we go. Let's go to the phones. Everett from Santa Barbara. What do you got? Hi, this is Everett from Santa Barbara. I was just listening to the Dirt Bike Kid episode, and I uh, watched that myself uh, a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but the actress that plays Miss Clavel is the same actress that RoboCop sees when he opens his eyes for the first time and they're having that New Year's party. She's the uh, scientist with the big glasses. That's Sage Parker, uh, Mary Louise Parker's sister. Mary Louise Parker from Weeds. Um, so I didn't know if you guys knew that, but I just wanted to make that connection for you. Uh, have a great day. Thank you for everything you do. Whoa, I love it. Sage Parker, good call. Sage Parker, uh, Mary Louise Parker's sister, but also Sage Parker uh, from The Legend of Billie Jean. And, uh, you know, I looked online. She has two children. She's been married to her husband since 1996. Uh, they have two children. Oh, I said that already. And uh, good for her. Good for her. Good for uh Good for this, uh, the, the sister of uh, Mary Louise Parker. Uh, good call, good, good catch. I mean, it doesn't really add anything to anything, but thank you. Uh, next call, Ryan in Seattle. What do you got? Hey, Paul, this is Ryan calling from Seattle with uh, a little bit of an omission about the Dirt Bike Kid. Um, I didn't watch the movie, but I enjoyed the podcast, as I sometimes do. And uh, I noticed you mentioned the name of a character uh, called Miss Clavel a number of times. And uh, you're a dad, so you probably know this. But Miss um, Clavel is uh, the name of the uh, nun who runs the orphanage in the Madeline books. Um, you know, the cute little uh, orphanage covered in vines in Paris. Um, and, uh, you know, she's, uh, stern, but, uh, but, uh, very loving towards the kids. And, uh, I don't know, the, uh, you know, writers are always trying to say something with the way they name their characters. And, uh, you know, I don't know what that means for the Miss Clavel in, uh, the Dirt Bike Kid, but, uh, you know, do with that as you will. Um, love the show. Take care. Bye. Whoa, another Mrs. Clavel catch. Um, okay, I have not read a Madeline book. My kids don't read Madeline books. Not no dig on Madeline. Uh, we read uh, Piggy and Gerald. Uh, we read a lot of books about Steph Curry, LeBron James. We read a lot of books about farting. We read a lot of books about uh, unicorns who poop. Um, yeah, we are not in the high-minded Madeline world. But yes, I'm sure that that is uh, a possibility uh, that they get that in there. I was thinking about this the other day that um, we named one of our characters on Human Giant. Uh, <laughs> Many people that we just thought had funny names from our own life. So I'm sure that this screenwriter was not above taking a name that was maybe familiar to them uh, and popping it in there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was actually thinking about one name in particular of uh, a person as a bizarre name. And that's the problem. Sometimes you get busted when you use a, b- a bizarre name because there's like only one of them and then they can sue you. It's a whole big issue. Like to clear a name is a fucking thing. You know, Human Giant, um, we got... So stupid. I think we I think we were threatened with a lawsuit because um, when Aziz did that video about like the music producer for tapes and tapes, uh, his character is called Clell Tickle, and there's a real estate broker named Clell Tickle, and uh, he was like, "You're stealing my name." We were not stealing his name. It just was a weird coincidence, and so. <laughs> 
I believe we had to bleep the name Clell Tickle in the show because the <laughs> It was too far gone for us to redub his name. So I actually think it turned out way funnier that you had to bleep the name of this music producer. Uh, anyway, um, oh, by the way, Cody uh, coming in here with some actual research. That's not me talking about my old human giant sketch comedy name days. Um, Cody brings up a good point. She says, in the Madeline books written by Ludwig Bemelman in the 1930s, Miss Clavel is considered a deuteron uh, a deuteronogist, which means the second most important character next to the protagonist. Cody, I love this research. Uh, so it's uh, possible the name was purposely used, but cannot confirm. Though Dirt by Kid, Miss Clavel has two L's, and in the Madeline book, it is spelled with one L. So thank you, Cody, for I think you've debunked it. I think you've debunked it, or maybe you bunked it. I don't know. Uh, Ryan in Kansas City, what do you got? Hi, Paul. This is Ryan from Kansas City, and I wanted to commiserate with June regarding the movie The Dirt Bike Kid and her um, situation as a child as an umpire. I absolutely commiserate with her as I was also a teenage umpire and faced a very similar situation regarding the infield fly rule. I was the field umpire on a night game, and there were players on first base and second base when a pop-up was hit, and so I called the infield fly rule, batters out. Well, the ball landed about a foot and a half into the grass of the outfield, and so I faced the wrath of, quite honestly, both coaches from both sides of the team, several fans, and gosh, I felt like the entire baseball complex was uh, coming down on me, including the home plate umpire who was supposed to have my back. Um, in the end, I did throw one coach out as a 13-year-old boy and um, really had to stand my ground for the first time uh, in my life against an onslaught of my conviction. So, June, I see you, I hear you, and I commiserate with you. Love the show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Man, oh, man. Ryan, I got to play this for June. I got to get June in the booth to hear your ump story. This is a stressful position. This is a very stressful position to be an umpire. Um, so, you know, don't go into this profession, uh, you know, without a heavy heart here because, uh, well, that's not a heavy heart. That's not the right way to use that. I would say don't go in there willy nilly. You know, if you're an umpire, you got to stand by your calls um, and you got to, you have courage of your own convictions. And I think, Ryan, uh, it gave you that courage. You sound uh, like a strong, impassioned person. So I believe that that, that experience uh, helped you in your own life. That's what I'm going to say. So back to the Discord. Corgi Herder writes, one small correction here. During the pivotal baseball scene, Mike complains the kid is blocking the plate. This is known as obstruction in baseball. But a fielder has the right to block a base with possession of the ball or if possession is imminent. Little League stopped using that rule in 2012, but I believe it was still the case in the mid-80s. The ball reaches the plate before the dirt by kid does, and the ball goes directly where the catcher is. These plays are based interpretation, but that is typically a legitimate play, and a train wreck play at the plate happens, and it happens all the time. All right, so I was wrong. I was wrong, and June should have been able to see that, too. I mean, obviously, she was umping back when those rules were the old rules. What a crazy rule that you could block it in case, I mean, maybe it makes it more exciting, but 
If you're blocking it, your foot can't get there. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Cy Casey writes, Stuart Penkin, uh, how did this get made all-star? Here's all the movies he's shown up in on How Did This Get Made? Dirt Bike Kid, Striptease, Congo, Second Sight, Mannequin 2, On the Move. uh, And that's it. By the way, uh, I work with Bronson Pinchot on Black Monday, and he's a fantastically funny, entertaining man and has amazing stories. Uh, but I never got up the courage to ask him about second sight. Uh, I should have, but it would have been weird because then I would have, I would have had to have lied if he asked me how I knew about it. So better that I heard stories about other movies, but I would love to have heard what his opinion on second sight was. And is it coming back? I would like to see that movie. Maybe Migo could come back. Should I be the new Migo? Should we reboot Migo with me? Remember Migo? No one remembers Migo. I think Jonathan Lipnicki from Jerry Maguire was in Migo. And I think Migo might have been Bronson Pinchot as an alien. Not sure. Let's Google it right now. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm Googling it right here. Quick. Um, Migo, it's a, yep, a 9,000-year-old shape-shifting alien from the planet Marmazon 4.0. After a spaceship crashes, he is discovered by three children. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, the children are Eric Von Detten, later played by Will Estes, Maggie, played by Michelle Trachtenberg, and Alex Parker. Bam! Jonathan Lipnicki. My memory is good. Their father was uh, Ed Begley Jr., and um, <laughs> and the way they passed him off, I mean, it sounds like a ripoff of Mork. I mean, Mork, Mego. Oh, boy. Now I'm really getting upset about this. Why do they rip off Mork? Uh, Jaleel White was on an episode... Um, Wearing, oh man, um, and, and three members of Gilgan's Island. Three, there were three members. I think that was a thing for a while. Like the Gilgan's Island crew was around. It looks like it only lasted for 13 episodes. Um, but Jonathan Lipnicki was nominated for a best performance by a young actor. And um, Michelle Trachtenberg was uh, best performance by a young supporting actress. And she won. He was just nominated. So take that. Lip Nikki. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, so, oh, Pam, finally, let's end with Pam. Pam, I hate to open a can of worms, but I'm surprised the gang did not discuss the drop dead Fred team sanity ending of it all. The bike was only magical and in Jack's life when he needed it, and when it was no longer needed, it moved on to another child, just like Fred. Well, here's the thing that bike didn't fuck up Jack's life. Like, I believe still, and we can bring it up in an episode so you can hear both sides. It's a different story. I'm, I'm not against imaginary friends. I'm against dickhead imaginary friends, and that's the difference. Uh, and that bike was not a dickhead. That bike was really a more confident friend. It was kind of like the my bodyguard of imaginary friends. Uh, my bodyguard, also an old reference that probably no one knows, and I don't even think I know it. I just know the reference of my bodyguard. So anyway, not the one with Kevin Costner. Uh, so many great questions and omissions this week, uh, but there can only be one winner and man, oh man, oh man, I don't know where to go. Uh, you know, look, let's go to Dr. Guts, who was watching this movie so closely. The Dr. Guts actually saw a for sale sign in Jack's front yard. So, you know what? You got the goods, baby. Hit the winning theme. Paul's heart. 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 Just for today. All right. 
Right. That is by Joe Foster. As always, you win nothing, but you forever hold a place in my heart with my buddy Lee, who is losing his hair. Lee, I'm going to also say that you get the share in that too. Uh, let's do it one more time. Lee, you are the winner. You win. Paul's heart. 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 Just for today. Yeah, you needed a little bit of winning. Yeah, you needed a little bit of that confidence. Um, all right. Here's the deal. Uh I know that a lot of you have been upset about Manicure Gate, um, and we had so much fun talking about June's manicures that we had to cut some of that conversation out of the episode. But here is the rest of the manicure saga uh, and find out who is to blame for all of this. Honestly, we're still not sure. So take a listen to this uh, little deleted scene. Um, I will say that uh, when I did come down to see you uh, with your uh your person, that your hands seemed almost to be underneath the microphone. Okay. As if that was a, a, a place for them to dry. No. And in fact, I was off camera. I turned my camera off because I didn't want anyone to be distracted by the goings on over here. And I was very uncomfortable and actually strained my neck because I was <laughs> facing so far you- away. And are morphing. So you are away, morphing with still- Sinclair. You are literally <laughs> becoming Sinclair. You are becoming one. You are. And just so we are clear, just so we're clear, the, uh, listeners, if you are hearing anything right now, June is getting a neck massage. Yes. From her neck strain. She's so fucked up. She's getting a very aggressive neck <laughs> massage. So if you hear any cracking or creaking, it's just that. Don't worry. But about that it. person is in a padded suit. Now, Molly has, uh, <laughs> Molly has uh, just written in the chat that she's happy that she came out pretty clean on this. Do you want to throw any blame at Molly's feet here uh, as we are passing the blame? Well, the only thing I think Molly needs to take responsibility for is Molly did recommend Anna Cecilia to be my assistant nigh on two years ago. And I believe Anna was the first one who said, can I possibly schedule this during the recording? And I said, Uh, Anna, great. I love the way you're thinking. Great. And and I did give her. I said, yes. Yes schedule them mm. to come at that time. So it sounds wow. like Molly really So Molly <laughs> is, she has, you know, she's got to bear some of this. Cody yeah. now says she will take responsibility. <laughs> um, I do feel, I do want to apologize to the listeners. I have, again, I had done it before. And so I really thought it was going to be okay. Can but you tell it, everybody about the time that we had a, um, a small... <laughs> A small intimate uh, gathering at our house, and you decided we were going to watch. Uh, we were watching something on TV. We had a small gathering, and uh, June decided to uh, bring over her well, manicurist and pedicurist, and have her mani and pedi done, done. Okay, in I the living s- room while everyone's <laughs> eating and sitting around well, watching some no, television. What happened, what? Paul? This was before the pandemic. We had yes. people over to oh, watch oh, oh, the Oscars, okay? okay? And everybody was stuffed in there like a bunch of sardines. Now, yes, I'm in a shooting schedule. I have to match for camera. I have to match continuity-wise from episode to episode yeah, they're always my nail doing color. Those, they're always zooming right in on your nails Well, in I have show. to. Again, this is a part <laughs> of my job. 
I would rather not do this. But the image I knew of I had June sitting in a group of like eight people in a like almost a semicircle and and her having a person at her feet uh, <laughs> while everyone was eating tacos and uh, and now and, while and, you were <laughs> while you were having the, your nails done at that moment, is someone feeding you tacos? Is there no, somebody? No, and that's like, what's hard for okay. me. Is like I'm the host and I'm now yeah. bound over here. My nails oh, are being foiled. Yeah, she was actually blocking the one of the two entrances to that room fully. <laughs> it's hard because I wanted to be away from everybody because of the fumes. I just... But <laughs> <laughs> I really wish this ended with like everybody, you at an Oscar party like sitting with all these people in your living room and you're in your sauna bed. Yeah. Like you're just like sweating. Everyone come down bed. to the, everyone come down to the basement. Uh, we are going to watch the Oscars as June uh, gets What's into her deal? sauna bed. We're all watching TV. It's not like we're all watching TV making comments. This one's on their phone tweeting. That one's, you know, eating a taco. Oh. I'm getting a mani. Like we're all, everybody's, we're all everybody's multitasking. Things. Exactly. Everybody's multitasking. Exactly. Impossible standards for women as it's Molly this reiterates is time. in the chat. This is time. Time is money. Anyway, time is money. <laughs> and that is why Mike is so upset in the dirt bike kid because. All right. Now that we got the dirt bike kid out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. Make sure you're not hungry because we're going from hot dog stands to cream pies. That's right. Oh, I've, we've already recorded this episode and, and, and our guests did not know what a cream pie was. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, or getting creamed. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, next week we're watching the 1976 classic starring 13 year old Jodie Foster. Bugsy Malone. That's right. Bugsy Malone, you are in for a treat. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a whopping 81%. Uh, Peter Bradshaw, The Guardian, says it's boisterous and good-natured with catchy songs and always sublimely unaware of its own strangeness. And you know what? That is a beautiful review that I'm glad I didn't read before I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, We have a very special guest next week sitting in for one of our regs. But uh, to get you all ready, take a listen to the Bugsy Malone trailer. Hello. I'd like to tell you about a new movie. It's a gangster musical called Bugsy Malone, and it's kind of unusual because all the parts are played by kids around my age. Your name Robinson? You work with Fat Sam? So long, lover boy. New York, 1929. Prohibition. Gang warfare. A world of gangsters, showgirls, and dreamers. Bugsy Malone, quite possibly the most unique motion picture for years. You can buy, rent, or whatever you want to do with Bugsy Malone on Vudu, Amazon Prime, or Apple TV. There's actually a really nice Blu-ray available of it right now. And and now I'm kind of thinking, should I get that Blu-ray? I don't know. I don't really watch Blu-rays. Uh, all right, check your local public libraries where you can find these movies for free. There is no movie bitches this week. And just a big thank you to... Cody Fisher, our super producer, uh, Devin Bryant, our amazing engineer, our MVP, Molly Reynolds, and of course, our our team, Avril Halley, Nate Kiley, July Diaz, the ghost of Craig T. Nelson. I'm talking about the one, the only, the Zach McAleese. Um, thank you all. And remember to rate and review the show. If you like the show, rate and review us. We love that. And make sure you plug us. Well, don't plug us. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us uh, on all the social media at HDTGM. And uh, on Discord, we're at discord.gg slash HDTGM. And if you want to hear the archives of the show for free, 
I mean, they're I mean, not for free. If you want to hear them ad-free, sign up for Stitcher Premium. You get a one-month free trial using the code BONKERS. Um, thank you to everyone at Earwolf. We will see you next time. Bye for now. 